We are continuing right on along in the book of Joshua tonight. The book of Joshua. We've been in here for a little while. And we're just kind of going through as Joshua is leading the people into the promised land, which he has done. Uh, They have begun to conquer most of their enemies, as we read uh, last week in chapter 13. uh, We we saw that there was uh, still work to do. Uh, the text says in chapter 13, uh, You have become old and getting on in years, talking about Joshua, but a great deal of the land remains to be possessed. So even though they had, they had conquered a lot of their enemies, there are still other people living in the land, and as uh, the nation of Israel is living there, there are still other people that they are going to have to face along the way. So we are going to read through chapter uh, 14 tonight. Again, we're just kind of skipping through through some different spots. We're going to kind of uh, leap over several chapters uh, as we go over these next couple weeks and kind of jump to the end. Uh, these next few chapters, I'd encourage you to read them. It talks about the allotment of the land, uh, the different different tribes and how they're going to get which land. God had commanded them to cast lots. Uh, obviously, God knew what lot was going to land where and which tribe was going to get which portion of land. But that's what the bulk of the book of Joshua through these next few chapters talks about, the uh, getting of the land for the 12 tribes of Israel. So I'll pray and then we'll read through chapter 14 and just kind of talk about it as we go along. Father God, we come to you now and I pray that you just would uh, speak through me tonight, that the Holy Spirit would do a mighty work, that your word would be good for your people, dear Lord, that even if nobody hears the words that I say, or God, even if I don't do a good job, I pray that you would just use me in spite of me, dear Lord, that people would just read your word tonight. And that the Holy Spirit would, would just bless them through, through something that's heard or something that's read tonight. And we just ask that you be among us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first few verses of chapter 14 just kind of recap exactly what's going on in the last uh, little bit that we've read. Verse 1. The Israelites received these portions that Eleazar, the priest, Joshua son of Nun and the heads of the families of the Israelite tribes gave them in the land of Canaan. Their inheritance was by lot as the Lord commanded through Moses for the nine and a half tribes because Moses had given the inheritance to the two and a half tribes beyond the Jordan. But he gave no inheritance among them to the Levites. The descendants of Joseph became two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. No portion of the land was given to the Levites except cities to live in, along with pasture lands for their cattle and livestock. So the Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses, and they divided the land. Now that's a really good summary of exactly what's taken place up until this point. That really covers everything. God told them to go in, how to divide the line. Nine and a half went west of the Jordan, as we talked about the last couple weeks. Two and a half stayed on the east of the Jordan. And they had gone in and divided the land. The Levites were going to have certain cities and certain pasture lands. They could uh, raise their livestock and they could live, although they didn't have a big portion of land like the rest. And so this verse just kind of uh, sums everything up as to what has taken place. Now we're going to shift focus to Caleb. Now, Caleb and Joshua were two of the spies who had gone into the promised land to scout it out before the Israelites went in. And if you remember, it was only Joshua and Caleb who came back with a good report. They were the only two that came back trusting that the Lord was going to give them the land. 
The others of the scouts that went in came back saying, whoa, there's lots of big giants there. I don't think we should go. Now, that's the reason why the Israelites had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That's why that generation didn't get to go except for Joshua and Caleb. And so now we're going to go back to Caleb and talk about what Caleb's uh, inheritance is going to be because of his faithfulness to the Lord. The descendants, this is uh, in verse 6, chapter 14, verse 6. The descendants of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord promised Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was forty years old when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to scout the land, and I brought back an honest report. My brothers who went with me caused the people's heart to melt with fear, but I remain loyal to my God. So here Caleb is just kind of restating exactly what happened. That is, he went into the promised land. He came back with a good report. His, bro uh, his other brothers, the other scouts who went in with him, came back talking about all these enemies that was in the land. And that made the Israelites' heart melt with fear. And so what happened was the Israelites did not have the faith that they should have had. But Caleb is, is reminding, uh, perhaps the group that's listening, reminding Joshua that he was faithful throughout everything that took place leading up to this. Verse 9, On that day Moses promised me, the land where you have set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you have remained loyal to the Lord my God. So, uh, Caleb is reminding uh, Joshua here as to what was taking place, that there was a, a promise that was made, that is that God was going to give him a certain part of the land uh, when they entered the promised land, which they now have done. He goes on to say in verse 10, As you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years, and he has, excuse me, and as he promised since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness. Here I am today, 85 years old. Now, this is a good little verse because it helps us to kind of understand exactly how long of a time frame that was that the, that the people of Israel were, were, were conquering the promised land. Now, if, if um, Caleb was 40 years old when he went in to scout the land, as the text tells us, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, that would put him at 80 years old when they, when they actually went into the promised land. And now at 85... They've already conquered a large portion of the land, although there's still enemies to fight. And so in that five-year span, we see that it didn't take Israel very long to go in and begin to take what God had promised them because God was with them. And so that's a good verse to kind of help us in a, in a timeline to try to figure out how long these events took. He says, uh, even though he's 85 years old, in verse 11, I am still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and for daily task is now as it was then. Now that's pretty impressive. At 85 years old, he was just as strong as he was at 40 years old. Now, how many of us would like that to be the case? I mean, maybe even well, we're at 60 years old, right? But, but that just goes to show that God had continued to bless Caleb, that Caleb was obedient to God, and that God had continued to bless him even at 85 years old of age. Now, early on in the Bible, we see people living to 900. So then, being the same at 85 as at 40, probably wouldn't have been a big deal. 
But by the time we get to Caleb's day and age, we've seen that the, that the, the death rate has begun to shrink a lot. Now, I don't know. It, it may say in the text, I don't know how old Caleb was when he died. But I do know that Joshua was 110. And so people weren't living nearly as long in that day and age, not much longer than what people were living now. But still, at 85 years old, Caleb was going strong. Let's read a little further in verse 12. Now give me this hill country the Lord promised me on that day, because you heard then that the Anakim are there, as well as large fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out as the Lord promised. Now, that verse is kind of tough because I kind of had to read it a few times to figure out, now is Caleb talking about something that's already happened or something that's going to happen? And I believe that he's talking about something that's going to happen. Now, the Anakim, those were the big people that were in the land that the, the people of Israel were afraid of. Those were the big giants that they were scared of. And that's why they didn't go in. Now, they've already conquered and beat some of these Anakim, as we've talked about over the last few weeks up until this point. But it would appear that there were still some in the land. Even though the, the nation of Israel was able to destroy a lot of these cities, some of these people who lived there were still in the land. Although they didn't have a whole lot of power at this point in time, as the Israelites were going through and defeating them, but these Anakim, these who caused the problem for Israel to start with, that Caleb wasn't afraid of then, were in this portion of land that Caleb was asking for. And Caleb had just said, look, I still got the strength that I had back then. I'm still ready to fight. And if you allow me to have this land, I'm going to go in and I'm going to defeat these people if it be the Lord's will. If, if God sees fit, he's going to help me to defeat these Anakim. And I'm going to go in and have this land that has been promised to me from the get-go. Let's read a little further. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. Therefore Hebron belongs to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, as an inheritance to this day, because he remained loyal to the Lord, the God of Israel. God doesn't forget. I think that's a good reminder there that God didn't forget. It took a long time for the promise made to Caleb to actually come to be. Forty-five years Caleb had waited on what God had promised, but finally God came through. Now most of us aren't usually willing to wait 45 years on the Lord. Now there may be some of you now that's been waiting on something for the Lord for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and God hadn't done it. But that doesn't mean that God has not heard your prayer or God has forgotten something maybe that you have done in the past. It may be that God is just going to do it when his time is right. And, and Caleb didn't try to rush things, but Caleb knew that this was now the time that he was going to get what God promised. And 45 years later, God allowed Caleb to have what he had promised for him. Let's read a little further. In verse 15, Hebron's name used to be Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. After this, the land had rest from war. So the land used to be called uh, this, this uh, uh, Kiriath Arba. It was named after a great warrior, somebody who was great among the Anakim. But even the greatest, even the one who the, the town was named after, that didn't thwart Caleb from going in and taking what God had already promised to him. 
Now, we see the name Hebron mentioned earlier on in the Bible. We also see this name uh, Kiriath Arba mentioned after that. And now we see Hebron listed again. Now, there's a couple reasons that could be the case. It could have been that... uh, the author who was writing this and other books in the Bible, by the time the books were written, Hebron was already there, and they were going back and just writing Hebron because that's what they knew it as. It could have been that it was originally called Kiriath Arba, or it could have been that when it's first mentioned as Hebron, that it was Hebron. When these Anakim, Amakin, when the Anakim came and took control of the city with this great warrior who came in, this big great guy, uh, perhaps at that point the name was changed. Whatever the case may be, we now see that the place is named Hebron again. We now see that the Anakim who were, who were in there, who this city was named after, are no longer in command. We see that Caleb get what God has promised to him. We've seen that all the Israelites have gotten what God has promised to him. And that's a good reminder for us as Christians to know that just like Caleb, he remained faithful and God remained faithful. And the same is true for us. Sometimes God may call us to a place against an obstacle, against a foe, against an enemy that looks insurmountable. But, But Caleb said, look, God has brought me this far. God has kept me strong. God has promised to give me a place and I'm going to go in and I'm going to take what God has given me. And that's what we as Christians need to do. We need to follow uh, the example of Caleb. We need to know that God's time is not always the same as our time. And things may not happen as quick as we would desire for them to happen. But to know that God is true to his word. And, And we see with Joshua and Caleb both. Nobody else was faithful of the scouts that went out, but both of these two men were faithful, and now at this point, we've seen Joshua, whom God has used in a mighty way, and tonight we see Caleb, whom God has used in a mighty way. And it may be that God wants to use you in a mighty way, and he might not be doing what you ask as quick as you want to, but he may be planning to use you in the future. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight, we thank you for your faithful servants, Caleb and Joshua, and getting to read about them, and we thank you for taking care of them, dear Lord, and being true to your word, and God, we thank you that we serve you, the same Lord, the same God that can use us, God, if we are obedient to you, that you will be true to your word for us, dear Lord, that you will deliver us to a a promised land, to a place that you have prepared, God. God, you take care of us many times in this very world, in this life, we see things that you take care of. But God, help us to look further than this world. Help us to look to the world to come, God, where you have prepared a place for us. And we thank you for it. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.